You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's help in 5768-2008 in Ramat Chemish, Israel. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Mashalach. In this week's Parsha we have a number of Parshios, a number of different topics that the Torah discusses that are consecutive and they certainly have to do with each other. I'd like to discuss them and see what we can garner, what kind of lessons we can learn from them. So at the beginning of this week's Parsha, so the people of Israel are sent out of Egypt with great fanfare and they come to a certain place right next to the Yamsuf, next to the Sea of Reeds. And Hashem sets it up very specifically that, the, that Paro and his legions should be chasing after them. And there's, nothing, there's nowhere for them to run, nowhere for them to hide. And God creates a tremendous miracle. The Jewish people are able to walk through the Yamsuf. A great miracle, Hashem splits the sea and the Egyptians are drowned behind them and they survive and they sing a great song to Hashem and they thank Him. That's the beginning of the Parsha. And then the Parsha continues and here's where we start to, we need to make some observations. And that is that when the, the people of Israel, so they're very, they're very hungry, they don't have any food. And Hashem says to them, you know what we're going to do? Every single day, I'm going to be mamtir mun. I'm going to send down, I'm going to rain down mun. Mun is a very special food, a miraculous food. The mun is something that it, when it's eaten, it doesn't create any waste product. That's what Hazal tells us. And that was something that they ate for the entire duration of the 40 years in the wilderness. All that time, they were every single day would come down the man. After the parsha of the man, we have Klal Yisrael is thirsty, they have no water. And Hashem creates a special miracle that Moshe Rabbeinu hits a rock. This is not the sin of the hitting of the rock, but Moshe Rabbeinu hits a rock and from the rock comes forth water and Klal Yisrael is provided with water. And the parsha ends by telling us the story of how the people of Amalek that evil nation, the nation that descended from Esau, they came to fight against the Jewish people to show that God is not with them and to fight against God Himself. They came to fight against Kal Yisrael and that's how the Parsha ends. So we're going to discuss each of these different things, ask a few questions, try to understand how they all connect and really bring down a, a, a very important and deep lesson. So let's start with the Mun. The Mun is the first thing that I'd like to discuss. And the Mun, this manna, this unusual, unbelievable, miraculous bread that fell from the heaven every single day. It fell every single day except for Shabbos. The one day, the Sabbath, was the one day that the man did not fall. And that's one thing that needs explanation. Another thing that we see is that the Torah is made, the Torah testifies that every single person, it didn't matter how much he took. If he took a lot, he ended up with exactly the apportioned amount that he was supposed to get. If he took a little bit, he also ended up with exactly the apportioned amount that he was supposed to get. He could end up with more. The question is why? What does that symbolize? What is the significance of that? Another point that's related to the first point is that we see that Moshe Rabbeinu specifically commanded the people of Israel not to collect the man on Shabbos. They were not supposed to go out on Shabbos. They went out on Shabbos, however, and Hashem was upset, and Moshe Rabbeinu got upset at the people of Israel. What's the importance? We see that there's certainly some kind of connection between the man, the manna, and Shabbos. What is the connection? What does that teach us? Another important question is, why was it that during this period, specifically during the period that the people of Israel were in the wilderness, those 40 years, why did they need to have this every day? Why did it stop at the end of the 40 years? Why couldn't it continue? What's the significance of the man in general? So, to begin with, I'd like to, to share with you something that's a halacha, and brought down, that um, one of the things that we do on Shabbos, as everyone knows, is that we have two chalas. We have two chalas, and the representation of these two chalas is to remind us of the man. How does it remind us of the man? Because as we know, every Arab Shabbos, every Friday, so in the Midbar, in the, in the wilderness, the man would fall in a double portion on Friday, because they wouldn't be able to collect it on Shabbos. So Hashem would specifically send a double portion on Friday. 
So on Friday night, we also have this representation. We have two chalas that remind us of the man that we had double portion. Here again, we see that there's a significant connection between Shabbos and man. And it's something that we need to remind ourselves about every single week. So one of the underlying deeper ideas behind the man is that Hashem provides for us every single thing that we need. Every single thing that we need comes directly from Hashem. When the people of Israel were in the wilderness those 40 years, every single morning they would wake up and they would look outside of their tent or they would look outside of the camp and they would find man. They would find everything that they needed every single day, day in and day out. And every Shabbos it would stop miraculously and every Friday there would be a double portion. Unbelievable. And they knew intimately, they knew that Hashem was constantly providing for them. And this lesson is something that we need to be reminded every single week. That's why we, we have the double challah. We have it to remind ourselves that even our own bread, our own livelihood, our own parnasa, every single dollar that we earn in essence really and truly comes directly from Hashem. This is something that's reflected by the way that the people of Israel, when they were in the wilderness, they collected the money. It says that it didn't matter if a person collected a lot or if a person collected a little. He always ended up with the same amount. And that represents the idea that a person can put in a tremendous amount of effort into Parnassan, into making a livelihood, and see no payers, see no fruits from those labors. Or a person could put in, put in a very small amount of effort, and indeed he could see a tremendous amount of payers, a tremendous amount of fruits for his efforts, his small efforts. Constantly, you know, I would see my parents, they own a store, and, and they would buy one product and they wouldn't know that that was going to be the, 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 the hit product. Or they would buy another thing that they, they would think is going to be the hit and it wouldn't sell at all. Or I've even seen in my own life where I produced an album and one album makes a ton of money. Another album makes nothing. You know, it's totally, totally you never know. You never know where it's going to come from. And the reason is because it's directly and truly from Hashem. This idea of trusting Hashem and knowing that our parnasa, our livelihood comes from Hashem, is something that's inherent to Shabbos as well. Because, you know, if you look around in the non-Jewish world, so true they do take off on this day, on that day, but there are plenty of people who work seven days a week. And what's the reason? Why would a person work seven days a week? Because he thinks that it's all coming from him. He thinks that it's totally dependent on his efforts. He has to take every single day, he has to take every opportunity, make money, make money, make money. But when a person realizes that it has nothing to do with him, the amount of effort that he puts in does not correlate at all, one iota, to the amount of money that he actually makes. Even on the surface it may seem that way, but the truth is it's not that way. So when a person recognizes that, so he doesn't need to work on Shabbos. I don't. I can take off a day. Hashem anyway is the one who's providing me. Other other way around. I have to take off a day. You know why? Because Hashem told me to take off a day. And the idea of that day is to remind ourselves that indeed, everything that we have comes from Hashem. And that's why specifically on Shabbos we have this representation of the double portion of the man. The double portion reminds us that Hashem is the one providing us. One day we'll collect one portion. The next day we'll collect one portion, but it will come home and we'll find that it's a double portion. Because when we we trust in Hashem and we know that everything comes directly from Him, it doesn't matter how much effort we put in. It's irrelevant because ultimately it all comes from God. On numerous occasions I had the opportunity to, to hear a Musarvad, a, a group of people coming to listen to my Rosh Hashiva, the head of my Yeshiva in Farakaway, and he would give ideas, ethical ideas and teachings and one of the topics that he spoke about was the idea of bitachon, trusting in Hashem. That's the, the lesson of the man, but it was something that he spoke about and he focused on a lot. And it was something that he in turn learned from his Rebbe, his Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Aaron Cutler, Zichar Tzadik Levracha, his membership of blessing. Rabbi Aaron Cutler was the head of the Yeshiva in Lakewood. And my Rosh Hashiva said how one time a group of Bachram, a group of young men got together, including my Rosh Hashiva at the time, and they asked Rabbi Aaron Cutler, they asked him to give a, a series of lectures 
on on something that's not related to Gemara, not related to Talmud. And Rab Aaron Cutler, of all the things that he picked, he chose to speak about the idea of bitachon, trusting in Hashem. And my Rosh Hashiva said how, what did he do? What did Rab Aaron Cutler do when he gave this shir, when he gave this lesson? He started by telling stories. And he told story after story after story. Because the way to teach and to learn bitachon, the way to, to learn about trusting in Hashem, is by seeing others who have that trust. And when you see others who have that trust, it helps a person to develop that trust as well. So that's certainly one of the reasons why the Torah tells us all of these stories. It's important for us to learn all of these midos, all of these good character traits that all these people had, whether it's our avos, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, or whether it's the Jews themselves in the wilderness. All these stories are meant to teach us so we can see by living example how a person can relate to Hashem, how a person can relate to God. So anyway, so my Rosh Hashiva told us a story that he heard from Rabbi Aaron Cutler. And among the stories that he told was a story about Rabbi Zundel of Salant, he was a great tzaddik, a great righteous man who lived in Jerusalem approximately 150 years ago. He was one of the leaders of Jerusalem at the time. And he was someone who was known throughout the land for his tremendous bitachon, his tremendous trust in Hashem. Rosh Hashiva said that he, he was so great in his trust of Hashem, in his trust for God, that he would be constantly switching parnasas, switching ways of earning a livelihood, because he never wanted to feel like it was coming because of him. Anytime he would get too good at something, so he would switch his, switch his way of earning a livelihood to something else, so that he would never think that he was the one who was actually doing it, but rather he would constantly be, be relying on Hashem. That's the type of person we're talking about. So anyway, one of the stories that he told was that one time Reb Zundel had a daughter, and Reb Zundel's daughter wasn't married yet, and it was time for her to get married. So Reb Zundel, he had bitachon, he had trusted in Hashem, and this is an amazing story, and it's a true story. And my Rosh Hashiva said, every single story that Reb Aaron Cutler told was miduyak, it was very carefully said every single word, every single detail. And so Reb Zundel went and he went to the port, he went to Yafo, and he decided he's going to trust Hashem, that there's going to be a bachar, there's going to be one guy who's suitable for his daughter on that boat, and that bachar he would take home and he, and he would marry to his daughter. So he's waiting there, people are coming off the boat, there's no bachrim, nothing, no one, not a single one. Everyone gets off the boat. And finally, finally, at the very end, there's a straggler. This guy... He looked like Mamish a schlepper. He looked like a really pathetic guy. And he had a for, a, for his belt, he had a rope for a belt, and he had wooden shoes. And the guy was really not put together, to say the least. Anyway, Reb Zindel took this guy. He said to him, are you interested in getting married? I have a daughter. The guy said yes. He took him home. He went to Jerusalem, married this guy to his daughter. Now the whole town, Yushalayim, was all in an uproar. They couldn't believe it. Reb Zindel lost his mind. This guy is an Amma Arts, is an ignoramus. And Reb Zindel is the Gadol Hador. He's the Gadol, he's the, the great rabbi of, of Jerusalem. And he married his daughter to so, some, some guy off of a boat. Mamish off the boat. It was a scandal. People were, were, couldn't understand what had happened. Anyway, so they took this guy and they sent him to the back of the base measure. So they said, maybe he'll pick up some olive base, something, he'll, he'll figure something out, he'll have some kind of Torah maybe. Anyway, this went on for a few months. He was just sitting in the back of the base measure, looking like he was spaced out. It came Erev Pesach, the day before Pesach. And there were two people in the base measure besides for this guy. And they were yelling back and forth about a Gemara. They were fighting it out, dueling in, Talmudic, in a Talmudic dispute. And all of a sudden, from the back of the base medrash, from the back of that room, this son-in-law, this new son-in-law of Reb Zundel, heard them shouting back and forth, and he said, you guys are wrong. My grandfather, the Shah Gassari, said a different shot. And he started quoting from, from Gemara's left and right, and, and all of a sudden they couldn't believe it. This guy's no ignoramus. He was really somebody who knew tons of, tons of Torah. Anyway, 
They ran to Reb Zindel and they told him what happened and they said, you know, your son-in-law, he really knows tons of Torah. And it turned out that this son-in-law had, had, had been macabre. He had accepted upon himself that he wasn't going to let anybody know who he was or that the Torah that he knew, but he was a tremendous Talmud Chacham. He was a tremendous scholar. Anyway, so Reb Zindel looked at them and said, so? Reb Zindel he had such a level of bitachin, it wasn't, he wasn't surprised. What do you mean? Of course, I trusted Hashem. Of course my son-in-law is going to be someone chashuv. He's going to be someone important. That's a level of bitachin that we have to strive for. And it's something that we can attain. It's something that we can remind ourselves about every single week. Every single thing that comes to us is from Hashem. That's the lesson of the Lechem mission that we eat on Friday night, that double portion. Remind us that every single thing on Shabbos, we don't, we don't work at all. We don't try to make money. We don't do anything. Because really on Shabbos, we realize that everything comes from Hashem, including our Parnasa. And even if a person thinks, oh, what do you mean I have a set Parnasa? Well, there are many things that a person could have to spend money on that he didn't know that he would have to spend money on. Everything comes from Hashem. Hashem takes care of us in every step. And not only that, but Hashem is the one who gives us the idea to go into a certain tchum, to go into a certain area of, of making a livelihood. Hashem puts it in our head. Hashem gives us the ability to do that. Hashem gives us the ideas to make certain business decisions that affect us for good or for bad. Hashem is constantly involved directly every single moment in our lives and specifically in our livelihoods. That's the connection between the first two things that I mentioned, the Mun and Shabbos. The next thing that happens in the Parsha is that Klai Yisrael needs water. Again, the idea that Klai Yisrael needs to be supported directly from Hashem. The Tzur, Moshe Rabbeinu hits the rock. The rock represents Hashem. Hashem is the Tzur. He's the source of everything. He's the source of everything that we have. And He's the source of our water as well. The idea of connection to Hashem. The end of the Parsha is when Klai Yisrael gets weak in their connection to Hashem, they get to a place called Rafidim. Rafidim is a place where they rough Yudayim and Atayra. They weaken themselves from the Torah. What happens? Amalek, this nation, this grandchild of, of Esau, comes and they, they try to fight with Kal Yisrael. And what's Amalek? Amalek, the gematria, the numerical value of the word Amalek, is 240, which is the same exact numerical value as the word Suffolk. The idea of Amalek is they try to be matil Suffolk. They try to make a person doubtful of the fact that everything comes from God. What just happened? Kal Yisrael just came out of Egypt. They had experienced all these miracles. Amalek says, eh, you're not different from anyone else. You're the same. We're going to fight against you. We're going to show. Not only that, Amalek is also Amal Kof. Amal Kuf. What does that mean? We're the work of a Kof. A Kof is a monkey. We come from monkeys. The whole idea of we don't come from God, it's coming from something else. That's all a source. That all has its source in Amalek. And that's something that we need to fight against with the lesson of the Mun. Trusting in Hashem, knowing that Hashem is the one who's intimately and constantly involved in our lives. What happens during the, the war with Amalek? So Moshe Rabbeinu lifts up his hands, and whenever he's lifting up his hands, so Klai Yisrael succeeds in battle. What's that do? As we mentioned previously, when Moshe Rabbeinu would lift up his hands, so Klai Yisrael would look up to Aviyam Sheba Shemaim, and when they would trust in Hashem, to their Father in Heaven, then they would be mitkaber, they would overcome the enemy. Because the way to overcome Amalek, the way to overcome the Suffolk, the way to overcome the difficulties and the things that make us think not that way, is to trust, to take our hearts and trust in Hashem. That's the lesson of the Mun. That's the lesson of this week's Parsha. That's the lesson that we need to remind ourselves of every single Shabbos. Every time we see those chalas, that double portion, it reminds us our parnasa, our livelihood, our bread comes from Hashem. And if we look for it, as I've mentioned before, if we look for it, we'll see it. We'll see how Hashem is guiding us. We'll see how Hashem is constantly involved in our lives. Thank you so much for listening. And have a wonderful Shabbos.